when I was a kid, we did a Christmas pageant in my church. And for some reason, yeah. they wanted us to sing Good King Wenceslas. Yes. I mean, I was not like six. I was probably like 10. And I literally never heard this song before. And I was like, what? What is this? And they're like, oh, you know, the traditional song, Good King Wenceslas. I, I, I never heard it. And then they were like, well, here's the lyrics. And I'm like, I still don't know this. And I'm like, what the heck does this have to do with Christmas? What's the Feast of Stephen? Who's this guy? Recorded in our Nerdhaven studios, this is Pop Medieval, your hosts, Dr. Richard Scott Noakes and Nina McIntyre, discussing the intersection of medieval literature and pop culture on a semi-weekly basis. And now, back to your podcast. What, Doc? What, Nina? Well, we made it to the worst day of the year. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, Sorry. oh, oh, that was oh, a downer beginning. Oh, Grinch, why we is the best day of the year? <laughs> why, why is Christmas the worst day of the year? Oh, you know, just it's really not. It, it's a great time of the year to spend with family you hate, I mean, love amongst a terrible pandemic that has plagued the rest of this year and eat food that you don't like with people you don't like. No, God, I'm just ruining this. This is terrible. No, this is, it's just been a wild year and we're almost at the end of the year and it's time to end things. It's time to just stick a fork in things. Well, I'm all about sticking forks into things at Christmas time, though normally it's a ham. Yeah. Oh God, that sounds really good about now. <laughs> do you have any plans? Uh, I do. We will be going into the frozen north where I will be seeing some of my family. We're, a lot of what we normally do is dialed back quite a bit. Uh, we're not doing, we normally have a huge cousin gift exchange because I'm from a very, 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 very big family. That is true. That's not going to happen because, you know, half the people can't be there. Half the people won't be, the other half won't be there. Uh, but... That won't stop me from being jolly. That's good. I always look forward to your out-of-context family Noakes quotes that you send each year. Yeah, I forgot to do it for Thanksgiving this year, and I think I probably should remember to do it for for Christmas. So I will, I'll be yeah. sure to I'll be sure to tweet those again. Now, in your road trip up north, are you going to listen to a lot of Christmas music? I will listen to an obscene amount of Christmas music. I have a a playlist I call a very noxy Christmas, which I curate, which is full of the things that I can tolerate listening to. Some of them are things I don't like, but other members of my family like, and I can tolerate. But if I can't tolerate it, it won't go on the list. And it runs for many, many, many hours. Now, one of those songs I know is on there is Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses, right? Because I listen to that song at least 300 times every single Christmas. That is my daughter's favorite Christmas song. And yes, it is in fact the first one on there. And so if I start to play it without shuffle on, it's always the opening uh, of the of the playlist. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now here's a, it's divisive, that song in our household. It's, I, I happen to love that song. Engineer Mike does not like it. He keeps saying uh, this song is, does not fit the meter. The lyrics just are crammed in there. At which I agree, but I just, it's fantastic. That sax solo that pops in there, it's just, oh, perfect. Chef's kiss on it. <laughs> now, I, I do have to ask, there is one song that may be on your your Christmas playlist that I had really never heard of until about mm, five, ten years ago. It's called Good King Wenceslas. Wenceslas, yes. Wenceslas, yes. Now, you've heard of it, now, given that you knew the title of it. Yes, I've heard of it when I was a kid, and I don't mean really young. I mean probably around 10 years old. Uh, I was in a Christmas play, and we had to sing the song. And when they introduced the song to me, I said, what? I've never heard this song before. 
And so it's not on my playlist because I very rarely hear it, uh, but I hear the tune more than I hear the lyrics. And I think it's probably because the lyrics are so befuddling to people. Yeah, I did not believe the song existed until, again, about five, ten years ago. And when I heard about it, I, I thought, this is not a real song. And people were behaving like, yeah, this is a real song. It, we, we hear it every single year. We know the lyrics. We know the tune. The tune sounded familiar. Like, it sounded like a Christmas song. But I, I felt like I had been gaslit. It was the Mandela effect. Like, the whole Berenstain versus Berenstain bears affair you know i and i honestly i looked it up when you you proposed doing this episode i i, I looked it up and i'm like no no no. this not only is this a song but it's based on a real life person this person actually exists king wenselessless yes yeah he really he really does he really does and so um i guess in case people don't aren't familiar with the song engineer mike said he's gonna put a little clip of it in here we're gonna play that at the end of the episode Yes. Um, so tell me, tell me about this person. Now, this there, this is uh, confusing because there were multiple King or Duke Wenceslases. I'm having a hard time saying this. Name. Okay. So th- <laughs> I have good news for you. Wenceslas is a kind of Latinization of his actual name, which is Vaclav. And so that wow. Okay. And so you could Vaclav just say is Vaclav. much easier to say. Yes. So Vaclav. I'm going to call him Vaclav. But Vaclav is Wenceslas. The problem is that there are, in the 10th century, the King Wenceslas of the song is Vaclav I, Duke of Bohemia. He's not actually a king. But later on, after the legend surrounding him got started, uh, I forgot which pope, but one of the popes erroneously referred to him as king, and it just sort of held on after that. Now, mm-hmm. there was an actual, also another Vaclav I, who was actually king of Bohemia. He was the first king of Bohemia, and he'd lived about 300 years later. And so sometimes, if you go online and you'll see people talking about Wenceslas and this history of Wenceslas, and you can tell that it's someone who got confused between the two and they mashed them up together. And sometimes mm-hmm. what you can find online is a mishmash of these two guys. So King Wenceslas of the song, not really a king. He's the Vaclav the First, the Duke of Bohemia from the 10th century. Oh, wow. Okay. So following along, he's king of the song is actually a Duke of real life. Yes. Duke of Bohemia. Okay. Yes. All right. And he's, okay. and that, that's real. Continue. He's a real person. So essentially what happens is he is one of the earlier Christian kings of Bohemia. And that's one of the reasons that he gets drawn up into this. Um, in fact, his grandfather, I believe it was, was converted by Cyril and Methodius. And if you don't know who they are, Cyril and Methodius, the Russian alphabet is called Cyrillic because it was developed by mm. these two missionaries uh, to, well, to Eastern Europe. And so that's how early on they are. Now he's two generations later. He's the grandson, but his mother had been raised pagan and she converted to Christianity when she married his father. So this is very early on in the Christianization of Bohemia. But Vaclav I is definitely a Christian. So Vaclav is, he becomes Duke, but his younger brother, for whatever reason, wanted to be Duke instead. And his name was uh, Boleslav. And Boleslav, he lured 
his brother to a, a different feast. Uh, not the Feast of Stephen that's in the song. That was my next question. Yes, it's a, a totally different <laughs> feast. The Feast of two saints, St. Cosmas and St. Damien. And they were these Arabian twin brothers of physicians uh, who were martyred. He lures him there mm-hmm. and then has a bunch of his henchmen. Uh, they kill him. And I believe he he drives a lance through him, as I recall, and uh, thus murdering uh, Vakla the first or murdering Wenceslas. Now, and there's a fun, uh, well, fun if you're na- if you're not Vakla, but there's a fun uh, <laughs> legend uh, that on the same day that he killed him, uh, Boleslav had a child, a son, uh, and they named him Srakvas, which is apparently I don't speak Czech. It's apparently a, a weird name, and it means dreadful feast. Wow. You mentioned that you don't like these going to feast with family who you might not get along with. Well, this is why. Yes, this is why. Right. So right away, you might be thinking, okay, his brother kills him. But what the heck does this have to do with Christmas? He doesn't die on Christmas. He doesn't even die on the Feast of Stephen in the song. I mean, he doesn't die on the Feast of Stephen in the song either. But the Feast of Stephen isn't part of this. So where does all this come from? Well, Early on, there are, like almost right away, it's legends that treating him as a saint uh, start popping up. And so there is, uh, after a couple hundred years, there's another guy named Cosmos. So the problem is that we've got two King Wenceslases or two Vaclavs. We also have two Cosmoses. There's the Saint Cosmos of the Feast, but there's another guy named Cosmos of Prague who writes a book which is called Chronicle of the Bohemians. There's a a translation that's available in English called Chronicle of the Czechs today. Uh, And he doesn't invent the stories, but he kind of um, solidifies them or or validates them. And he talks about how Vaclav uh, was known to give alms to the poor. And eventually, somehow, this somehow gets associated with the Feast of Stephen, which is the day after Christmas or Boxing Day for our Canadian and English listeners. Now, I have a theory. So so the question is, like, why is this guy a martyr, right? There's nothing particularly Christian about his martyrdom. Yeah, and also, what are the requirements for martyrdom? I know, being a former Catholic, I know of two. One, you have to die defending your Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. And number two, you have to be murdered on holy ground. Well, you don't, you can be murdered on holy ground. You can also be a virgin well, martyr. I mean, there are other, like, yeah. there are some things that help. You know, being a virgin mm-hmm. martyr helps. In some way, explicitly suffering for your faith or dying for your faith helps. In this case, there are some stories that Boleslav, who's sometimes called Boleslav the Cruel, by the way, so not not nice. Uh, there's some reports that he was anti-Christian, but it actually doesn't seem to be the case at all. It seems like he was fine with Christianity. He wasn't as devout as his brother was. Uh, but that no, he would... I'm down with fratricide, though. Yes, and I think that's actually a big part of it, because, of course, I think the thing that caused people to say, hey, there's something unholy, there's a martyrdom, is because it was the feast day of these two saints who are twin brothers. And so he invites, yes, he invites his older brother to a feast day celebrating two twin brothers. And then he murders his brother. And it seems like there's something very um, unholy uh, about that. Right. (laughs) The saint of dramatic irony. That's what they should have called. Yes, that's right. That's right. So there we go. I think that's probably why, he becomes a saint more than anything else. Because otherwise there's no connection between him and the Feast of Stephen or Christmas or or any of those 
kinds of things. And in fact, he's not actually, his story isn't actually connected with Christmas. It's connected with the day after Christmas. But there's this giving alms to the poor, uh, the song with the lyrics, it talks about how he basically walks through the snow. I remember listening to the song when I was a child and thinking, he's going out to give alms and bring firewood to this poor guy. And as I was singing the song, I thought, why doesn't he just invite him into the castle uh, to eat? Yeah. It's like, you've got a big enough house there, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, the song is a little off the beaten path, a little weird, but it is part of the medieval flavor, I think, of of Christmas for us. Now, there's also another legend about King Wenceslas, not King Wenceslas, the actual king, but Václav I, Duke of Bohemia, our Wenceslas. And the story, this mm-hmm. story, by the way, has no connection to historical fact. It mashes up a whole bunch of things which are not even in the same century or in the same place or any of that kind of thing. Uh, so like any good legend, it has just built over time. And these are the sleeping knights of Blahnik Mountain. And so the story goes that there's this Czech army and they were slaughtered in a battle. But when the villagers all went to collect the dead bodies, all the dead bodies just vanished. They couldn't find them and they don't know what happened to them. Well, some time goes by and the villagers start to hear the sound. They hear the sounds of an army, horses and soldiers and all that stuff from Blahnik Mountain. This is how every zombie movie starts. I've seen this before. Yes, but the zombies don't show up. They think they're under attack, but no army comes. Okay, good. So finally, a peasant finds this cave and there's this like sleeping army there and sleeping horses, everything's sleeping. The army, the horses, everything's sleeping. And he, for some reason, falls asleep there. Weird behavior, but there you go. And a knight, <laughs> well, you know, he was, he hadn't had a nap. So this knight appears to him in a... Found a cave where the army slept. The army wasn't there. Oh, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, that, that seems kind of sus, but all right. Yeah, so the knight appears to him in a dream and tells him that when the people most need us, we will ride out and uh, they're going to defend the Czech people, the Bohemian people, They're going uh, Bohemia's enemies. The land's going to become green and prosperous and the whole... The whole of Bohemia is going to... And I think the entire Czech people are going to prosper once again and the person who will lead them will be Václav I, Duke of Bohemia. He will be their leader. Now, as I said, there's no connection. He's not connected with this battle in any way. There's nothing that connects him to this place in any way. But the idea of the sleeping king who's going to come back, if it sounds very Arthurian, yeah, this is a common archetype. Yeah, I was going to say, now I might be out of my league here, Mm -hmm. but... Didn't something like this happen at the end of the third Lord of the Rings movie? Something like this did happen at the end of the third okay. Lord of the Rings movie. All right. Yes. Okay. I'm just and the sleeping, just wanted to ask that. <laughs> yes. The sleeping army returning is not something that's invented here, but it somehow gets attached with Wenceslas. So. Yeah. So you have to remember that you might have this feast that you enjoy with your family. But if the family, if there's too much acrimony, it is also a possibility that the next day an army of ghostly soldiers will ride up and slaughter your family uh, because they deserve it for being such jerks. Yes. And in a similar story, the Sleeping Knights of Manolo Blahnik Mountain had really nice shoes and rode out very stylishly. Someday I will tell you the story, which I think might, might have told you off podcast, <laughs> about my association with Manolo Blahnik, uh, who I, yes. doesn't like me. Uh, <laughs> And I, I find this is a really good story and we will one day share this 
on podcast too. Yes, it needs maybe. to be its own episode, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this little spoiler for a future non-planned episode. Good lord. All right, so let let's get into some recommendations mm-hmm. um, now that we've covered King Wenceslas or <laughs> Vaclav the First. How about Duke Duke Vaclav the First? Yes, Vaclav the First, whose story has very little to do with the song, but yet somehow is is uh, hi- histori- historicized in song anyway. Would you like to do your recommendation first? Sure. My recommendation is for a fantasy novel called. The Hog Father, H-O-G Father, one word. Uh, if you like uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, it's one of the books in that series. They also yes. made an, a pretty good film adaptation of it, which I don't remember where it's streaming, but I have seen it on streaming somewhere. And if you're not familiar with Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, they're not all about Christmas themes. Be. Yes, but I think if you're mm-hmm. like if you like pop medieval, you will almost definitely like The Hog Father. Yes. We are fans of the dearly departed Terry Pratchett here at Pop Medieval. Indeed. So please pick up any Discworld novel. You should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so how about you, Nina? Yes. My recommendations are fun. Um, the first is a book I've added to my Amazon wish list. Um, it is a book called The Hanukkah Anthology by Rabbi Philip Goodman. Because when this op- episode drops, I say that like we are dropping an album. But uh, when this episode drops, we will be in Hanukkah. Not just uh, the Christmas season, but uh, Hanukkah. The Hanukkah Anthology, um, the history, activities, and sig- significance of the Eighth Day Feast of Lights are conveyed in writings produced during the past 2,000 years from the Book of Daniel to contemporary commentaries and poems, which includes medieval stories. And I thought that would be fantastic to read throughout the next eight days. Mm-hmm. So there we have that. The truth is that, you know, the story of Wenceslas has just as much to do with Hanukkah as it does with Christmas. That is to say nothing. This is true. So y- exactly. we could make a case for it being a Hanukkah story. There is nothing in the song that says it is not about Hanukkah. So <laughs> There's also nothing in the th- song that says it's about Christmas. So Exactly. So it says Feast of Stephen, which could have happened on Hanukkah. We don't know. There you go. My second recommendation is, <laughs> okay, when this episode drops, it will also be on International Day of the Horse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad the horses <laughs> finally ha- get their due. <laughs> because you know how terribly horses are neglected and you know how much we love horses here at Pop Medieval. <laughs> I, I guess between the two of us combined, there's a love of horses. I don't hate horses. Oh, I have no particular emotional attachment to them. <laughs> between the two of us, we have loved half of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> now, which, uh, no, I'm not going to ask which that question. Half? Yes. <laughs> which half yes, were you going to ask? I was going to ask that. <laughs> That's for you to decide. So in our show notes, I have included the horse name generator from the fantasy name generator. So you can choose which horse name you have. Uh, I ran the generator and it, it comes up with a list of 10 names and I picked the first name on that list. Uh, but really, you can pick whatever name you want or you can pick zero names from that list and pick whichever horse name speaks to you. Uh, my horse name is Cadence. Which is very lovely indeed. I mean, it is a kindergartner's name from 2007, but I, I'm i going to go with it. I have a niece named Cadence, and that might be about oh, when God, she was I'm in sorry. kindergarten. <laughs> that sounds about right to me. <laughs> I so, just insulted your niece. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. 
She, I, I doubt seriously she'll listen to this. She is not a big fan of oh, medievalism. That's a shame, but that's also great. And I understand you ran this generator yourself just before this podcast. I did. I saw the link and I ran it and it gave me my first hit was Azure, the color, which I Azure? hated. But the second one was Midnight Ranger, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah. I could even be Azure Midnight Ranger. That would also be. That is a pretty cool that's name. That's a worthy name for a fantasy horse. That, that really is. All right. So any final thoughts before we sign off on this podcast for the rest of 2020? Well, normally when people say happy holidays, uh, they're not including the Feast of Stephen in that. But I'm including the Feast of Stephen this year. So happy Feast of Stephen and other holidays to everyone. Yes, indeed. Happy holidays. Happy Feast of Stephen. Happy Hanukkah. Happy everything. Glad Leor, Doc. Glad Yale, Dina. Pop and Evil was recorded on our Cable Studio. Our hosts are Dr. Richard Scott Noakes and Luna McCarthy. Our audio engineer is Engineer Mike. The music is courtesy of Dr. John Ginwright. For more information, visit our website at propawesome.com slash That's P-R-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E dot com slash Thank you for listening. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel. When a poor man came inside, gathering winter fuel. Bring me flesh and bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I shall see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, for they went, for they went together. Through the root winds wild the bed and the bitter weather. In his master's tent, his master's tent, he scored well his tent. It was in the very sod which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian men, we should wealth or rank possessing. He who now will bless the poor shall yourselves find bless.